Hello, we are on Storyline 7, and it is titled The Rebellion and Judgment in the Wilderness. The scriptures that it goes over is Numbers 13.26 through Numbers 14, verse 38, um, which it that part talks about um, whenever they reach the land of Canaan, they go ahead and uh, Moses picks the 12 people, one from each tribe, to go out and scout out the land. And they come back giving a great report um, saying that it's filled with milk and honey. They had grapes that were, uh, you know, as large as them. It produced very good, uh, the fields produced a lot of, uh, they were very fertile. And so they were saying, like, it's better than we've ever imagined that it could be. But then they said they couldn't go in there because the Nephilim or the Anak were there, the giants. And that they felt like they were grasshoppers compared to them. So um, they did not want to go into the promised land. And two of the people said, don't listen to the rest of them. Uh, this was Joshua and Caleb. They talked about how uh, God had taken care of them through all the past things that um, through their history, and that God would take care with them going into Canaan. They'd be able to conquer them. But uh, everyone ended up listening to the other ten that were giving a negative, false report. Not necessarily a false report, but one that um, was false in the sense that they weren't trusting God. But what they were describing was accurate, but because they weren't trusting God, it became false. Kind of like how Satan often, what he says is you know, accurate, it's factual, but because he takes, um, because we take it out of context from God, it becomes false. So uh, in the portion where he writes, the the author, he says that after receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, the Israelites began their journey to the promised land of Canaan. Along the way, frustrated by hardship of their travel, and in spite of God's overwhelming provision, they began to complain. Their dissatisfaction became so great that they doubted God's promise to lead them into Canaan. And if we remember, uh, they grumbled and complained a lot on the way. They grumbled and complained because they didn't have food. Then he gave them manna. They grumbled and complained because they you know, were tired of eating the manna, and they wanted meat, so he gave them quail. Um, they complained about not having water, so it, he had to have uh, – he had Moses – have uh, water come out of the rock. There's, it was a habit that they, they had built in, that it was just continually complaining. And so, and finding something wrong, finding the negative. So by the time it, it came to a chance to where they could get into the promised land, 
and trusting God, they had already formed the habit of not trusting God, of complaining, of of seeing the negative. So all they could see is the negative, and um, which the giants were actual giants, but in, compared to God, they're not giants. You know, they're they're the grasshoppers. Um, the phrase about like making a a mountain out of an anthill kind of comes to mind here. They because the habit they train themselves of 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 being negative of of complaining of uh practicing i guess you could say dishonor or ungratefulness it conditioned them to only see the negative to only see um the issues and instead of embracing the positive, embracing life, embracing what God wanted to give them and do for them. That Caleb and Joshua were different. They they did not follow along with the grumbling and complaining. Um, they saw the positive. And probably, I would assume, the reason they were able to see the positive is because they were doing that all along they had the habit of being grateful they had the habit of seeing the positive of seeing life of seeing god in all situations instead of just picking out the negative and so when they came to that situation because they had that habit built in place already they were able to see that god could help them instead of seeing the other so it says, yet yeah, Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies who scattered out Canaan, were confident the Israelites could conquer the land. The Israelites, however, refused to listen and abandon their trust in God, which prompted God to threaten to destroy them. But Moses interceded on their behalf, appealing to God's glory, and God relented. However, God declared that the unfaithful from that generation would die in the desert and would not see the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to enter. And that's a pretty telling statement to us that um, just like how they had trained themselves to be, of course I'm assuming here, but they had trained themselves to be grateful, to see God and what he was doing, to see the positive and, and go for that. They were the only ones entrusted to get to go into the promised land, to get to enjoy what God had for them in this life. And uh, I feel like it's saying kind of the same way for us when we choose to be grateful and choose to see life and choose to see Jesus um, in the different situations. We're choosing him. We're we're trusting in him. We're uh, not trying to control things ourselves. And so when we do that, we're opening ourselves up to receive the promised land, to receive the blessings God has for us here in this life, also in the next. But um, whenever we do the opposite, when we see the negative, when we complain and grumble, uh, basically dishonor God and try to control things ourselves, we end up not taking 
not getting to go into the promised land. We're getting stuck out in the wilderness and we'll die there, not receiving what he has for us in this lifetime to enjoy. And who knows about the next? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's things be missing out on there too. I guess like the rewards and stuff. The key verse for this one, they said, was Numbers 14.9. Only do not rebel against God and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. And that is what um, Joshua and Caleb said to the people. They reminded them not to rebel against the Lord and not to be afraid of people in the land. Um, by being afraid of the situation, by being afraid of the people or whatever's going on, that is rebelling against the Lord. But trusting is not rebelling. Trusting is following the Lord. Then they gave us uh, a good verse of, or, yeah, uh, Psalms 95. I'll go ahead and read the whole thing there because it's short. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountains peak belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did that day at Massah and the desert, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For four years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are, are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Father, help us to not be like those um, at Meribah with the hardened hearts, to not try you with our dishonor and ungratefulness that help us to build habits of praise like Caleb and Joshua help us to sing for the joy of the Lord and to always shout aloud because you are the rock of our salvation to always come before you with thanksgiving and extol you with music and song help us to always remember that you, Lord, are the great God, the King above all gods, and that the hand, your, your hands hold the earth, and the mountains belong to you, the depths of the earth are within or in your grasp, the sea is yours, and the dry land is yours, because you made it all. Let us all be willing to bow down and worship. And not just willing, but an overwhelming sense or a 
burning desire, a compelling to want to bow down and worship you, want to have reverence for you, a fear of the Lord in in a way that we trust you, that we hear your voice and want to follow you, that our hearts are always soft and malleable and willing to do whatever you ask of us. Help us to always be trusting in you. Help us to always be willing to enter your rest and to trust that your rest is the best option for us. Is the it is the um, the perfect thing that we could have is your rest. Nothing else could compare. Holy Spirit, I ask that if we do have a habit of grumbling and complaining or a habit of dishonoring you, of not trusting you, of not seeing your goodness in your life in every situation that we are, I ask that you point it out to us, that you convict our hearts, that you purge our inmost being so that we can bring it forth to you, ask for forgiveness, receive your grace, Jesus, to not continue in that manner and to uh, form new habits of praising and worshiping you like it talks about here in Psalms 95. Thank you for not abandoning abandoning us. Thank you for not destroying um, your people out there in the desert, but giving, being a gracious God And, uh, you know, for the sake of your glory, not destroying them, but listening to your servant, Moses, letting him intercede for them and um, and keeping and being faithful to Caleb and Joshua. Help us to remember these verses, to remember the stark warning about how important it is to honor you and to follow you and to trust in you. We thank you for all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Have a great day. Bye.